Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to Side Action, episode 10 of season 5. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggs Bull on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So apparently one of my skills is freezing <laughs> and not moving and not blinking. Uh, I, you know, practice that action. I, I do that for hours. Um Anyway, uh, how was your Halloween weekend? I don't know. You had a bunch of trick-or-treaters, I'm sure, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Lots of trick-or-treaters here at our house. I think that uh, being so close to 8 Mile, we get a lot of Detroiters that like venture across and check out our neighborhood, which is cool. We saw a lot of really good costumes, and we probably had like 60 or 80 kids that came by our house on Monday. It was fun. Oh, that's good. That's a good number. Yeah. How about was you? Was it concentrated in like an hour or two, or was it kind of stretch out over the night? No, I mean, it's they started right about 6.30, and we okay. ran out of candy like close to 8. So it was a good hour and a half, steady stream. And then we closed yeah. up shop and went for a walk. Yeah, more candy next year. That's right. Yeah. Get the, the, tree, uh, the trick of part of it. Uh, well, you know, first of all, Shockers won again. We won nice. in the semis. It was a bit of a tougher matchup than we thought. This is the team that we played week one. We only beat them by one. That was without the QB. But look, we scored pretty much every time we had the ball, but they scored quite a bit, and our defense you know, was failing a little bit. But we did. You know, Our guy, Zach Suter, had a pick six early. That kind of made the differential, and then we had one at the end of the game. Um, you know, Classic Jimmy Weggs kind of chip, getting a little chippy out there. Trying to give it get riled up. So we got the finals this week action. So the Shockers can get a flag football championship. It'd be the first time ever. And we'll see. Uh, we're facing it, you know, the second best team. We'll see if they're they're good. They do the read option. I think I'm gonna told you that. They do the read option. Huh. Uh, in flag football, not quite as effective. Yeah. You know? But they, how often first, do they actually hand it off though? They hand it off once last time. Huh. I'm like, you need to actually hand the ball off if you're gonna do that. But I'm telling you, the first time they came out and they did it, I'm like, oh, I mean, I, you know, I did something. I'm like, oh, they're running. No, but um, I expect them to play better than they did last time because we beat them pretty soundly, but we'll see. So, and then as far as the Halloween, bro, I mean, uh, I got to stop living like this. I mean, I, I was out late every night again. Um, this is those who are following me on Instagram and, and stuff. The, the Joker was out. I was the Joker. Um Got some really great paint on my face and, more importantly, jello in my hair to get the green going. Oh, okay. I was wondering about the hair. It looked very yeah, gooey. Very gooey. Well, I had read, first of all, I couldn't find green dye at the at the store and went to the, you know, Spirit Halloween store, which sucks, by the way. It's like empty. You can't go the day before Halloween or Saturday yeah. Halloween. So they didn't have any dyes of green, and I didn't want to buy a wig like a girl's wig and cut it or something so i'm like all right let me read another option apparently you can dye your hair with green jello supposedly but it is better if you have like bleach blonde hair or something or, or white hair so anyway i tried it anyway and put it in my hair with like a shower cap for like an hour thinking it's gonna work and you're supposed to like put it in you basically mix the jello in the conditioner and then you just apply it to your hair <laughs> pretty simple when i went to wash it out 
nothing remained. It looked the same. So I'm like, oh crap, I got to go to this party. So I basically put it all back in, combed out some of the goopy parts and messed it up. And there you have it. I had jello hair. Um, so that's what I had. And then I, I did it two days in a row because I went to the parties on Saturday till roughly 4.30 in the morning. And then woke up to play the, the we did this like softball game with the volleyball crew. And I was like one of only like six people dressed up. But I redid the application. Um, and the, the Saturday makeup was really greasy on my face. Everybody thought I was sweating. I'm like, no, nah, it's just the makeup. The Sunday application was a lot drier than white. So it looked a lot more like the Heath Ledger cracked up version. Um, they're like, did you sleep in that? It looks really good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did sleep in the hair because I thought I would keep it, but then, all honesty, oh, I'm like I'm worried. It was like a hair helmet. I'm like, is this? Am I gonna go bald when I get this? I have to shave my head or something. So I washed it out in the morning and redid it again. A new application. So did it get all over your yeah. pillow and sheets? I, I put a I put a towel down, and by then it was like solidified. So <laughs> That's anyway, good. Uh, whatever. The life and times of Jimmy Wegg. So. On the actual day of Halloween, I did nothing. I just watched TV and was like curled up in a ball. I was so tired. So. <laughs> anyway, so I thought Friday night too went to some reggae Afro beats concert till two in the morning. I don't know what I'm what I'm doing with my life here, buddy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> well, hey, the side action of better week. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's let's go over the NFL week eight and review. Uh, first of all, we hit the trade deadline this week. Action. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I have never seen such an active trade deadline for the NFL. It was like the NBA out there. Um, tons of moves, kind of exciting, really. Um, I just highlighted some of the ones that of note. You know, Miami is obviously going for it this year, even yeah. though they're. I mean, they certainly have a decent team. They landed Brad Chubb from Denver, you know, defensive end, and you know that's that's they're, they're like 30th in pass rush, so that should help them. He actually signed a big extension today, so he's he's on the team for a few years. And then Jeff Wilson, the running back from San Francisco, went over there. Now that McCaffrey went off. And that reunites, obviously, McDaniel with uh, with Wilson in the backfield and Mostert. It's like San Francisco East now. Yeah, true. Um, you think that's a pretty impactful trade? I think Bradley Chubb is going to help them quite a bit. That, Like you mentioned, their pass rush has been uh, not very good this year, and he's a game changer. So they're definitely going for it. I, they're going to have a hard time winning the division, though. So, I mean, they're going to have to take this show on the road in the playoffs, which is going to be tough for a, a team from Miami. I thought it was kind of interesting. The San Francisco move didn't didn't surprise me. The Denver move did. I, I mean, they're still in the mix. I mean, I don't like them this year, but their defense certainly was good. It's a downgrade for the defense, right? I mean, he's, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, for you know your team, the Colts are were sellers, I guess. You know they they got rid of Naeem Hines. Not that he's a high end guy, but I think it's more for Buffalo. You know that. Backfield is still not great, even with Hines, but he probably fits that offense pretty well. I mean, dynamic pass catcher, and I mean, Singletary's okay. Um, yeah, well, it's kind of strange. I mean, they they sent Zach Moss back to Indy, right. and he was really like their big bell cow back near the goal line. And so now mm-hmm. they have three backs that fit the same mold between Singletary, uh, the rookie Cook, and now Naeem Hines. So it, it was really kind of strange to me. I. I suppose that Hines is going to pick up some more touches, at least in the pass game. And I think they brought him in as a punt return specialist also. But well, I mean, you know who the, sh- the short yardage back is for Buffalo. 
need. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. Maybe they don't need the short yardage back because it's Josh Allen. That's a good point. Right. And I think the way that they decided to do be their game, it's more edge rushing versus up the middle. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. It doesn't. They don't. They can't get in a game where it's a conventional rush game. I don't think they have the running back for that. Yeah. And Minnesota, you know, will kind of jump back and forth. But you know, Irv Smith, you know, tears his or I thought I think it was Achilles. Yep. Maybe it's yeah. Tears Achilles, so he's out for the year for a tight end for Minnesota. Enter in T.J. Hawkinson from you know your Detroit Lions over there. So really don't miss a beat. Maybe even upgrade uh, with Hawkinson, and he's been a guy who. In a lot of fantasy lineups, people think that he's going to be great, but in Minnesota, I think he can thrive. Yeah, yeah, it's a good pickup for the Vikings, definitely. Yeah, uh, a couple more. Chase Claypool comes to my, to my Bears. I they probably overpaid for this guy. I mean, he's a big target. He's a dynamic player. Certainly a big target for Justin Fields, who's improved, but kind of a weird move a little bit. But it, it kind of caves the way for Pickens and maybe clears the runway for the Pittsburgh guys, mm-hmm. even though they stick two, mm-hmm. two bottom feeders there. And then last me, Edmonds was kind of the trade-off. They kind of shipped Edmonds out of Miami to Denver. He's pretty dynamic, but I don't think he's much as much of a game-changer as Chubb, for, for that matter, Bradley Chubb. Definitely. On the injury front, you know, I noted that, you know, Cooper Cup left the game late against San Francisco on kind of a meaningless play, which was kind of rough. But he, he is limited practice right now, so we'll have to monitor that if we're looking at that pick this weekend with his ankle. Um, some guys that are definitely out. We already mentioned Irv Smith, but Mike Williams is out for the Chargers. That whole Chargers team is hurt. I mean, everybody's hurt in that damn team. Yeah, and I saw Keenan Allen was presumably going to be set to return this week, but he re-aggravated the hamstring during the bye somehow, and so he's maybe even questionable to return this week against Atlanta. Yeah, so um, we'll see. Uh, for Tampa, they got a, a big loss. Shaq Barrett tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. Huge. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like more downgrades for Tampa. They, you know, we'll see if they're even, and they're still, I mean, Atlanta's ahead in that division, but they still could win the division to make the playoffs. A big handicap here is Ryan Tannehill. You know, we, we talked about that last week. He ended up being downgraded to out. Um, and it's Malik Willis, is that yep, his name? Yeah, nailed it. Willis is the quarterback for Tennessee. So he did not practice again in Tannehill this week. Now, they did get the cover last week in Tennessee. Tennessee over, was it Houston, whoever they're playing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they got a much up this week. We'll see how that goes. A couple more. Uh, Mark Andrews for Baltimore. He's had a shoulder injury. Hasn't played great. He did not practice today. He's obviously the target um, for Baltimore, and they already lost. Um, what's his name? Rashad Bateman for the year. So, you know, the Ravens. More injuries this year. Uh, Detroit, mm-hmm. your guy, Swift, limited on on uh, Thursday with his ankle. He did play last week for Detroit. They're going to need him against uh, Green Bay. But more importantly, Green Bay. Rodgers, he's limited today. So, I mean, I think he'll probably play with that thumb. But, I mean, we'll have to talk if that influences your handicap on Green Bay. Yeah, interesting. I didn't see the Rodgers news. Yeah, and then your team, Jonathan Taylor, at running back, he didn't practice again today. He has an ankle injury. He played last week but wasn't great, um, so he's questionable. And then I, I don't think he's going to play this week, but I just noted that Washington is getting Chase Young back. He had his first practice yesterday and, you know, off his ACL injury. You know, that team's kind of turning their season around. Maybe he will help them on the defensive end. Yeah, three wins in a row now for the Washington Commandos. That's right. Who Are you going to – 
Are you going to try to put in some shares there with Robert Griffin III? I heard he, he's raised $400 million already to, to buy the team. <laughs> really? Well, I think he's uh, a little short. Going to need to raise a few more shekels than that. You can open up your bankroll. I mean, come on. You can, you can consolidate some of that money from all those books you've got all over the place. Just He wants to take 10 fans to buying this team. I'm like, well, you're going to need more than 10. But. You know, the Manning brothers, the Manning family, has really been interested in getting in the game. So they could be buyers, oh. too. They could partner up with RG3. That's right. Let's go over the picks from last week and uh, week eight. Obviously, we kind of went heavy favorites uh, in the, in general. Uh, we did get the Eagles to come in. They were 10.5-point favorites in their game. They dominated the Steelers from start to finish, like they always do, especially in the first half. Final score, 35-13. Not much to say here. The only thing I was going to say, and they're actually playing right now against Houston, can this team go 14-0? I mean, if they can get back past the Texans. Mm-hmm. What about 17-0? Are you are – you- Counting week 15 as a loss already, or I mean, well, I, I mean, you got to play Dallas again in yeah. Dallas, right? So True. I'm not saying I wouldn't, um, but at the same time, I'm thinking more if you look at the schedule over the next few weeks, yeah. I mean, it's easy, they're favored in every game, yeah. And it's not just because they're good, their, their schedule really sucks, yeah. I mean, all season it hasn't been good, so uh, well, let's go on. Dallas, we've also went with the boys against the Bears. Dallas was nine and a half point favorites, but I will say, I mean, they put up 49 points on the Bears, and the Bears obviously shipped off. I didn't mention Roquan Smith this week in a trade, but he, he left too. But the Bears put up 29 points on this defense. It wasn't half bad, but they lost 49-29. Usually that's like a college score. Yeah, well, I mean, aided by uh, Justin Fields not learning how to touch a defender down on the Micah Parsons fumble recovery touchdown. And then, I mean, we t- traded some texts on Sunday. My takeaway in this game is that the Bears' offense has found something. We saw mm-hmm. it the week before on Monday night against the Patriots, but the, Justin Fields is playing better, and they're moving the football. So Bears and over, I think, is uh, certainly something I'm looking forward in the rest of the season. A little preview, a little preview for the Miami game. All right. So a game I just noted, Carolina plus four uh, against – this was against Atlanta – this was a wild game. I mean, I wasn't following it as close because I was at the softball diamond. I was looking at the score and just noted there was a lot of points being scored. But the Panthers, you know, down big, down by six late. Uh, P.J. Walker coming out of nowhere last two weeks, puts yeah. up a Hail Mary, touchdown to D.J. Moore. They missed the extra point action to win the game. Mm-hmm. They could have won the game. And they were four-point dogs. So they go to overtime. What do they do? Same dude misses a field goal. But they still cover the number even though you know, Atlanta did win the game 37-34. But that's two weeks in a row that Atlanta hasn't, hasn't covered the number. Yeah, wild game for sure. I mean, they definitely should have lost. And if it wasn't for DJ Moore's celebration, they would have lost because it pushed the extra point back to make it like a 35-yard kick. And uh, Yeah, that was a weird call. I mean, come on. He's yeah. off the field. Yeah. He's celebrating. He just won the game, basically. Come on. Definitely a tough All call. Right. This game, we went on the wrong side. Arizona at Minnesota, they were three-and-a-half-point dogs. I mean, this was – we were close on this one. I, I guess they didn't put the score up. They lost by six. They had their chances late to get inside this number. But give, give credit to Minnesota. I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously – you know, they're six and one now at the top of the uh, NFC North, of three-and-a-half games over the Packers. I mean, this team is – I mean, they're almost a lock for the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I – 
they're definitely in the driver's seat for the division. I can't see the Packers or, I mean, well, we don't even need to mention the Bears or the Lions, but I don't think the Packers are going to compete with them. So it's clear that they're going to be front runners in this division. But I still think that this is a team that doesn't quite meet what their expectations are in terms of their stats. I mean, their record doesn't indicate what they really are, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. No question. Um, we also went with Miami. This was a nice pick by you, although it, it was a bit of a sweat mm-hmm. early. Uh, Miami's three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Detroit. They were getting crushed at halftime in this one. I think it was down – was it 27-10 to 10 at halftime? I think they were down 10 points at halftime. Okay. Yeah. And then they came, they roared back and won 31-27 and just kind of shut down uh, Detroit in the second half. So, you know, fin, fins up, you know, fins up, right? Yeah, I mean, Tua was awesome again last week. I mean, between him and Geno Smith, I think those are the two most overachievers in the quarterback department this season. Well, they're 5-0 and when he finishes the game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so far this season. So all five of their wins with him at the at the helm. Buffalo did not come in for us. They were 11.5-point favorites. This number kind of got moved down to 10.5 at game time. They really had their chances. They dominated Green Bay in this on Sunday Night Football. They were up 27 to 10, but they only really, you know, got three points in the second half, two interceptions in the fourth quarter. And I was pissed because on that last drive, you know, it looked like they were going to get field goal range when they're up 27 to 17 mm-hmm. and unnecessary roughness penalty knocks them out. And, and there you have it. So they didn't cover the, the number. They won 27 17, but it wasn't like in most of these games when the teams don't cover. It's usually they're in trouble, right? Yeah. They, the game's close or, you know, something like that. In this case, it just was too big of a number. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bills were in control of this entire game. And if it, despite some lackluster play in the second half, I, I think they were going to cover this game. So it, I wouldn't hesitate on pulling the trigger in the same spot. Again, I, I still think it was the right side. The two picks certainly did them in. Yeah. Last game I wanted to mention was one of the ones we were on the fence with was San Francisco, you know, minus one and a half on the road at the Rams. But we all know when the San Francisco goes to the Rams, it's a home game. So it's, you know, we should have factored that in the handicap. But, yeah. you know, really early in this game, I was like, oh, good. We stayed away from this game. Rams were up 14 to 10 at halftime. Well, guess what? Second half, it was the, it was the McCaffrey show. He had a, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. Needless to say, I went against them in fantasy, but they went 31-14 going away. Yeah, I mean, uh, they did it again. I agree. I missed most of the second half, but watching the recap, it was clear that uh, the the Niners really just dominated them again, like always. Yeah, for sure. So just the trends from the week, you're you're basically seeing this week after week now. We we can still mention it, but underdogs, 8-7 and this week. Unders, totals were 7-7-1, so... We're basically splitting it down the middle, more or less. The books have kind of got these numbers just right, uh, with only the spread only mattering in two out of the 14 games for the for the teams that did cover. So, 14% of the season, it's 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 t- it's tougher and tougher, right, as the season goes on to pick these games because the books are getting tighter. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, you can see it in the numbers here that the bookmakers are getting it right on, or maybe it's the betters that are just whipping these numbers <laughs> into shape. It's true. I think it's true. We've talked about it. Usually the best number. We've talked about line movements mm-hmm. late on some of these games. We, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we moved with the line and it didn't go our way. You know, so sometimes yeah. maybe the line is, you know, early line might be the right way. So 
let's go to week nine action. We've got a lot of teams on by. It's like called by Mageddon. It's one of these six team buys. You've got the 49ers, the Broncos, the Browns, Cowboys, Giants, and Steelers. So it's it's a limited slate. There's only two games in the late window and obviously no London game this time. Um, tonight, obviously, Eagles and Texans are playing right now. You know, not a who cares, but, you know, the Eagles were 14-point favorites on the road, 45 and a half. I don't know what the score is now, but it was pretty even early. It's a big – that number's getting bigger and bigger. I mean, obviously, the Texans aren't very good. Yeah, well, I mean, Damian Pierce is running all over them. It's tied now. Mm -hmm. Three seconds left in the second quarter, and the Eagles are lining up for a field goal to take the halftime lead. And that's big because the Eagles are the best second quarter team in the in the league. Yeah. So if you are you able to run even with them or even be you know net minus three, it's probably a good game. Maybe you know we'll see how it goes in the second half. I'm sure you get some you know second half action. I'm working on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's doing. All right, let's get into the the main slate for Sunday. Um, you've got. The Raiders, again, on the road. Uh, we didn't talk about them. They didn't show up at the Saints. No. And somehow they're favored again. I, I mean, they're playing at Jacksonville. Jacksonville opened as a one-point favorite at home, 47-point goal. In the circuit contest, the Raiders are favored one-and-a-half, and that's pretty much the market uh, with a 48-point total. I'm not advocating 100% for the Jags here, but there's no way I am going to back the Raiders on the road. I, what? What's going on with this line? Yeah, I don't know. It is curious, isn't it? I mean, a team yeah. that scored zero points last weekend, 24 to zip against the Saints, and now uh, the second week here, second week in a row, they're uh, listed as road favorites. And um, I, I think there's two parts to this. It's uh, two downsides to the Jags is obviously returning from London, no buy this week. They're coming straight back to play. And I also right. read that the Raiders stayed east this week after the game in New Orleans. They went to Clearwater somewhere in Florida and uh, had their little, like, camp in Florida. So, I mean, probably some edge there to the Raiders, but I still don't think that can get you anywhere close to one-and-a-half-point favorites. And I think that there's definitely value on the Jags here. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I've got this. The Jags should be favored. I mean, here's the problem with the Jags. Their first three, four games of this year yeah. really kind of skew the numbers. Yeah. They they were they were what two and two and one at one time, and they you know obviously had some tough losses. Now they've lost like I think it's five or six straight. So it's a team that it's hard for me metrically to trust. Uh, I mean they did they didn't win in 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 London, right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Did they lose? They lost. Yeah, the Broncos kicked away. The London Jags, come on! I mean this is this is their. This is their spot, so I'm glad we stayed away from that one too, actually. Yeah. But so I'm with you. I think there's value on the Jags. I just don't know if I can trust them. I mean, I I have it in my index picks. I mean, it's hard to ignore the number here. I think they should be like a three-point favorite at home against the Raiders. Suck. Mm -hmm. I mean, I. But again, there's got to be something up, like you said. The handicap um so i'm happy to stay away. yeah i mean historically speaking teams that get blanked on the scoreboard are going to be profitable against the spread the next week because i mean just in general they're the public is going to line up to fade them and then the odds makers yep. are going to shade that way but i don't think this number shows that at all i they no. definitely should not be one and a half point road favorites here i think this number should be much closer to a pick them yeah yeah i agree with you i agree with you well i guess we can put the l on the jacks yeah just Nail biter. Think so. You know. All right. The second game is Carolina uh, playing against the Bengals. Um, Carolina. It opened as a pick. I don't know when that came out. That must have been a long time ago. 
but um, the 43-point total. Now, Cincinnati is a 7.5-point favorite in the contest, 42.5-point total. I, I don't know, dude. I, you know, Carolina is one of these teams that <laughs> I, I loved them in the year, and then they sucked, and the last couple weeks they played great. But the Bengals, man, like, I have this line exactly right. I've matched the odds makers, but I know we just saw Cleveland beat up on Cincinnati, and but Carolina's playing better now. They're playing more inspired ball. So seven and a half seems like way too many points. I can't back the Bengals here. Yeah. I was really uh, lining up for Cincinnati at seven. I think, mm-hmm. you know, at seven, it's a bet that I've made already. And I still like Cincinnati in this game because uh, defensively, the Carolina Panthers don't generate a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And that's really the, been the bugaboo for the Bengals this year. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the Bengals are going to line up and have some success offensively, but um, I just don't think we could get there with seven and a half for our contest purposes. Yeah, agreed. Happy to pass. Happy to pass. Although there are less games this week, but we should pass. Yeah. All right, here we go. Chargers against the Falcons. Chargers coming off the bye. Three-point favorites on the road. 48.5-point total opener. Now it's 49.5. Still three points in the contest. I've heard many people many pundits pump up the chargers hmm. this week i can't i don't know if i can get there and, and it's not even i don't think atlanta's that great okay their metrics they, they're four and four they're definitely you know paper tigers is is my, my co-host likes to say in terms of their record but the team can run the ball yeah you know they might get coral patterson back this week the chargers aren't good against the run and there's a lot of injuries for the chargers hmm. so I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to get on board with a team that barely covers at home, let alone on the road. I, uh, I'm i with you. I, I love the Atlanta Falcons this week, especially at three. This I think this is probably my best bet of the week. Um, the Chargers are so banged up, not mm-hmm. not including Mike Williams. We mentioned Keenan Allen at the top is questionable yeah, to play. And Josh Palmer, the third receiver, got a concussion recently, and so he's questionable. So. They're down to their four-string wide receiver. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got J.C. Jackson is out, the number one mm-hmm. quarterback, and Bosa is still on, on IR or not playing. And so I think the uh, the Falcons should not be listed as three-point underdogs in this matchup, especially when you consider their run game, too. They're going to be able to run the ball against the Chargers. Yeah, I have this game as a pick So, I mean, this, you know, it's three points of value, so... Looks like we're on board with the Falcons again. Yep. Let's go. They're going to get back on the back of covering ways. Yeah. I mean, last week they were laying four and a half. That's a totally different proposition yeah. from taking three at home. For sure. All right. Green Bay against Detroit. Green Bay also coming off the bye. Again, I'm not sure when that I don't think pick. I don't know when you saw, saw a pick in this game. I, I had it as a three and a half opener, too. So regardless, right now uh, in the contest, Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite on the road. The total open is at 50, now it's at 49 and a half, pretty close. So obviously, to me, I was going to back, finally back the Packers, even though it's a bad number. Packer-backer. Um, Packer-backer. But, you know, obviously with with Rodgers and his thumb, I mean, I, I can't do it. You know, I just can't do it. I can't get there. But let me see what, what I would have had this. I would have had this actually as like a two-point favorite on the road. So it's a little bit heavy uh, towards the pack in terms of the metrics. It's just tough. The Lions just give up so many points. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, I I like the total in this game. 
I, d- I think that both teams are going to score quite a bit. Um, but I think that there's a little bit of value on the Lions here at three and a half. They opened up, played pretty well in the first half last week. And I think even throughout the third and fourth quarter, they were in that game throughout, even though Miami yeah. ended up getting the cover. And, uh, you know, this is a divisional game. You're a, a home underdog here in the Lions, and you got to figure they're going to get up to play against Aaron Rodgers. Although I do think that Aaron Rodgers is prime for a big game himself, certainly helps playing against the Lions defense. I think that the uh, the Packers are going to give up a lot of points against the Lions too. I mean, the Lions are number two uh, adjusted yards on offensive line, and the Packers are giving up a ton of yards on their defensive line. So you got to figure that yeah. Swift and company and Jamal Williams are going to be able to run the ball very well. Right. Ooh, that's a tough one. Tough one for me. Uh, I know the, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, has Aaron Rodgers dominated the Lions more than the Bears? Probably. I mean, it's it's a – when Stafford was there, every now and then they'd, they'd play good, you know, in a game. Sure. But um, based on the number, we can put a yellow on the Lions. I just don't know if I can get there. What do you make um, What do you make the spread with the healthy Aaron Rodgers? Well, I'm assuming my numbers are healthy, yeah. right? So I just made it. It's minus two. Okay. So it's, it should be two-point favorites, according to my numbers, yeah. right? And, and that's but, building in a, some level of Detroit home field advantage? Yeah. <laughs> the one point. I All gave right. them one point of field advantage. Um, so it's, you know, I put them, which sounds crazy, I put them three out of neutral. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's because Green Bay's not playing. Yeah. But they, they're going to. They're going to play better. They're coming off the bye, right? they got to play better. Yeah. I didn't think. But. I mean, Romeo Dobbs looked pretty good last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he caught one that big touchdown pass. I mean, that really got them some momentum in that game on Sunday night. So it yeah. seems like he's building some rapport with Rodgers. But, I mean, outside of him, I don't really know that they have a ton of weapons either. So That's true. They didn't have a bye last yeah, week. They that's, played, that's but right. We might as well bypass that game because <laughs> they weren't so. All right. Let's move um, on. We can come back. If we All right. To. Vikings against the Commanders. Um, you know, this is this is a good example here. The Vikings opened as a three and a half point favorite, forty three and a half point total. It's down to three in the contest as their road favorites at the Commanders, forty three and a half point total. Still, you know, I, I like this Washington team still. I mean, it's 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 Heineke. It's Heineke factories. He's he's you know zany. Gets out of gets out of trouble. Uh, he's dancing around. I mean, it's really not. Minnesota metrically should be favored by a little more, but this also factors in my numbers are a full season number. When the commanders were playing like crap, uh, that factors in. Yeah. Right? The last two or three weeks, they've played way better. I mean, defensively, they've played much better. And offensively, finally, Heineke is making some things happen with all these weapons. So I'm on board with the commanders here. Uh, you might need to talk me out of it with uh, the Vikings. Yeah, I was really hoping that we'd see a three and a half, which is available yeah. in a lot of places in the market. So those of you out there listening, looking for uh, Washington tickets. Oh, shoot. I may have spoke too soon. I missed the three and a half. Darn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all threes now. But I still, I'm with you. I like the commanders in this game too. Uh, Heineke has clearly made a difference on this team. And we talked about it at the top. I still think that Minnesota is overrated. And so for that reason, the way Washington has been playing lately, I think that there's value with them as home dogs here. What do you think about the total here? I, I'm a little surprised. I know that the commander's defense has been better of late, but Minnesota can score. 
and their defense isn't that great. This 43 and a half seems low to me. Yeah, I definitely mm. uh, agree. I, I think uh, the way that Minnesota's defense has been playing 21st ranked, certainly not anything that scares you. And then on the other side, Washington is 30th ranked, so they're giving up a ton of points themselves. And right. uh, for, 43, definitely right in that sweet spot. 44 is probably a key number. So if you can get under that, I like it. Yeah, this would be my same same game teaser special. I'd go to, I go up, you know, you go. plus nine, go down to thirty seven and a half with a with the tease up. You know what I'm saying? Like I like the, it. Go over. All right, so let's go to this one. We were talking about the Dolphins and the Bears. Um, the Dolphins open as a four point favorite on the road at the Bears. Forty four point total. Now it's five forty five and a half point total. You know, it's it, it's a pretty big spread. I think the problem for me is to quantify the trade both teams because the Bears are slowly getting on defense getting worse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they're definitely an over team, like you said. And Miami could play really well here. Or they could, you know, it could be windy and it's a little cold in Chicago. It's not that cold. But, <laughs> um, it's supposed to be windy this weekend, yeah. I think. Uh-huh. So that total's low, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I can't back the Bears, even though on my sheet it says the Bears are the index pick, plus five, take the points, you know. But I don't know if I can do that. I think this defense is too suspect. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not – I would definitely have a lean to the Bears, but I'm not sure that I can get there for our contest purposes. But I do right. really like the over in this game. I think you've seen it tick up a little bit despite the potential from wind and colder temperatures and rightly so because the bears have found something on offense and i don't think miami's defense has been all that great this year despite the addition of bradley chubb I'm not sure he's going to make a huge difference with justin fields mobility and uh on the other side miami's offense is just humming along fifth ranked offensively and they're going to put up points on chicago as well yeah yeah okay so just an overplay versus getting the contest i'm fine with that cool. It makes my life easier. Okay, so here we go. Bills going to the Jets. Um, Bills open as a 13-point favorite, 47-point total. It's 12.5 in the contest now with a 47-point total. The Jets, you know, we you know, we are who they thought they were. We thought they were. They, they got stomped at uh, – not stomped, but they got beat soundly by the Patriots last week. So, you know, the Belichick thing. I think the Bills' defense is great. But I don't know about this number, dude. It's 12 and a half. Like, I mean, it's it's a division rival. It's the Jets. I mean, they got one game this season they want to win. It's this one right here, right? So I take the Jets and the points. I mean, I don't know if we can do it in the contest. It's probably fool's gold, but I just think it's a bad spot for the builder. Yeah, I don't know if I can get on board with that. Last year, they trounced the Jets twice, 27 to 10 mm-hmm. in Buffalo and 45-17 in New York. Uh, both laying numbers right. higher than this, actually. So, um, you know, it's a handicap that I've used time and time again, but the Buffalo Bills really just love laying it on their opponents. And now they have a new toy in the backfield and Naheem Hines. Don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but you have to figure they're going to run him out there at least a little bit. And uh, on the other side, we touched on it last week, the Jets lost one of their key offensive linemen to who protect Zach yeah. Wilson. And, I think that just makes his problem of holding on to the ball too long and and getting pressure in his face even worse against a really good defensive line that the Bills have. So 
I expect that uh, there's going to be a couple of Zach Wilson turnovers this weekend, and if that happens, okay. they have no chance of covering this point spread. Okay. Mm. My Jets. They, they were such a darling for me two weeks ago. I know. They lost Brees Hall. I think that was a huge factor, too. They're not the same offense. The two backs that they have are just replacement level, and losing Brees Hall was huge for that offense. For sure. So would you, let's flip it around, would you take the Bills in the contest? Yeah, I like the Bills. I think we should take them. Okay. Let's put a a yellow. I'm not going green yet. Okay. Because that's green for the Jets. (laughs) We'll put the, the blue on there or something for the Bills. All right. Uh, let's talk about your Colts. Uh, Colts are going to the Patriots. Patriots open as a robust six and a half point favorite now, five and a half in the contest. The total's pretty much the same, thirty nine and a half to forty. You know, my biggest thing for this one, I, it's it's about where I have the the line actually. I have it at five. You know, so it's really close. But it's the Ellinger factor, right? Is it is it we it failed against Fields, okay? Mm-hmm. But normally young quarterbacks against Belichick defenses do not fare well. So I could get on board with the Pats here, um, but I'm not sure how you feel about it. Yeah, I'm torn um, because when this first came out, six and a half, I was kind of thinking, wow, is the New England offense really one that should be laying that kind of number in the NFL? Probably not. But um, on the other side, I think this handicap is more about the Belichick defense going up against that indie offense because I, like you, last week thought that Sam Ellinger was going to be able to use his legs a bit. I, I lost a few prop bets on Ellinger rushing, touched anytime mm-hmm. touchdown, rushing prop over, <laughs> name it. I lost it. And uh, right. I think it's clear that he's not really an NFL caliber rushing quarterback. And that's fair. You know, he's not Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. Right. And, uh, I think it's pretty evident, like you said, that Belichick is that's not gonna hurt him. We know we see Justin Fields do it already this season. And so without that element and knowing that JT is banged up, Naheem Hines is no longer on the team, I think that Indy is gonna have a really hard time scoring this weekend. So yeah, I, I think totally they, they could totally cover cool. this five and a half. Yeah, I think so too. I mean it's it's one of those things like normally speaking with a, a a relatively high spread and a low total game mm-hmm. usually favor the underdog. That's kind of how it works. And the Colts defense hasn't been terrible. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is how many points are the Colts going to score in this game? I, I don't know, 10. I mean, so, I mean, I did think that against the bears. So that's my only caveat, but for some reason, they at least fields. And I don't think Ellinger, like you said, has that kind of athleticism. So, I'd be on board with the, with the pass here. I like the Patriots too. I think it's a little bit contrarian. Mm-hmm. I, I would Here. definitely in, be interested in a Colts team total under as well. I think, uh, you know, just doing the math here, it's going to be like 17. If you can get under 17, I like that bet a lot. Sure, for sure. Okay, so battle on the AFC West in the 4 o'clock window. There's only two games. You've got Seattle going to Arizona. Um, Seattle's been doing it. You know, they're doing Arizona is a three-point – they opened as a three-point favorite at home. That's down to two in the contest, total from 50 to 49.5, so a little bit of movement. But the Seahawks have been rolling, dude. I, it's it's tough. I, I don't know what to say. I guess um, Pete Carroll can't coach. Mm-hmm. I, what can be said? I do have this as some value to Seattle. They, uh, metrically, they're better than Arizona. 
But man, it's hard for me to get on board. I still can't erase that we've got Geno Smith having a career year, and at some point he's going to fall off the I cliff, know. right? Yeah, maybe. But we know Arizona's bad at home, so I'd be okay with Seattle on this game. I don't think I can get on board with Arizona. Yeah, I love Seattle in this game. I make it um, Seattle minus one on a neutral, so you could quibble a little about an Arizona home field advantage, but I think it's barely one, probably, mm-hmm. which makes mm-hmm. this game about a pick em. And we're catching two with the road team. And uh, just three weeks ago, we saw uh, Seattle just really dominate the Arizona Cardinals defensively, which was a very extreme surprise for me. Remember, this is the game we talked about where the Cardinals scored nine points and one of them was a defensive touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll be honest with you, the the young the young Seattle defense is is performing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's weird because, you know, they, they had that. 15-point effort against the Chargers. Maybe they were banged up. Um, what was it last week here? Blowing it up. I mean, they beat they, they held the Giants at 13 points. Yeah. That's three weeks in a row, sub-15. Uh, and the Giants aren't a great team, but they've had an athletic quarterback. We know that, you know, we, we saw what happened last time. So I think it's the defense that's making, it, making the hay, and Seattle still can control the destiny for the division. So this is a big game for them. Yeah. Do you think that the introduction of DeAndre Hopkins changes the equation a little bit? He obviously didn't play in the first matchup. Right. I mean, he's definitely getting his targets. He's played well uh, in back-to-back games. I just don't know if they can run the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's Arizona is all about running the football. If they do run the football, they do well. Yeah. Murray led their team in rushing against Minnesota, who's not a good rushing defense, right? Yeah. I mean, Hopkins had a huge game last year, 159 yards and a touchdown. He's getting massive target volume. But to be honest with you, who cares if they can't, you know, if they can't stop anybody? And then obviously if Seattle gets a little bit more of a pass rush, I don't know. So it's it's definitely, that's why the, the I think that's why you're not seeing what we were thinking, like a pick em. I think there's some value there already built in yeah. for Hopkins' return. But I still think that gives us more of an edge because they won't take him away, but he's not going to win the game. Okay, right on. I, I like Seattle too. Let's color him yellow. Yellow. All right, so the other 4 o'clock game was the Rams going to the Bucks. I really thought this could be the NFC Championship game. It is not. Uh, I don't <laughs> Both these teams, I don't – I think this is an elimination game. It's so early in the season, but unless somebody kind of totally pieces together a run, Tampa opened as a two-point favorite at home. Uh, three points in this game now in the in circa 42 and a half is a total, which is crazy because like again, look back a year, there's no way this 42 and a half point total would have been in there. I can only go to the box on this one. Actually, my numbers can't do it. I know you love the Rams now, um, but I can't do it, dude. The box they're sucking. I know, but the Rams are worse. I I don't know what to say. They can't run the ball. I, I don't know. Maybe Shaq Barrett's injury makes a difference for you, but mm-hmm. you're going to say the Rams, aren't you? Yeah, you nailed it. It's Shaq Barrett for me because we've talked about in weeks past how the the Rams are having trouble protecting Matt Stafford because they have so many injuries on the offensive line, but the Bucks have not been able to get much pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and now they've right. lost their one edge rusher in Shaq Barrett, and so... I think the only way they're going to be able to generate some pressure is by blitzing Stafford, and he in his career has killed against blitzes. So I think it's going to be tough for Tampa to get the requisite pressure on Stafford in this game. And then on the other side, I mean, the Bucks' offense has just been broken 
recently. Mm. They played another terrible game last Thursday night against Baltimore. And so yep. I'm just not sure that they should be three-point favorites here. I, I think they can win the game, but to lay mm-hmm. three is a tough ask for me. True. Um, well, let's stay away. I do think, you know, Cooper Cup being banged up doesn't help the Rams. Sure. I mean, it's just I understand why the total's low. Yeah. I guess we'll say yeah. that. When you figure Ramsey's going to lock up Evans, uh, I don't know. I guess I just figured at some point they'd turn around with a mini vibe and Let's just stay away from the game. Yeah. It's a I, weird game, too. I mean, I thought the Bucks were going to turn it around like the last couple of home games, too, <laughs> and it hasn't happened. So I'd be happy to sit it out and see it. And, uh, you know, they do play in such a crappy division. They're going to be in it through, till the end. They could always still pull out that division championship. Yeah, if they win three games in a row, they're back in mm-hmm. it. That's a, you know. Did you know last week if Carolina would have beat, it, yeah. beat Atlanta, they definitely would have been in first place. That's crazy. <laughs> And this is with the Saints. Unbelievable. Anyway, okay, so uh, let's go to the Sunday night game, the Titans against the Chiefs. You know, this, again, I don't know when that pick came out. That may have been a preseason number. I, I'm seeing a little different number here, yeah. actually. The opener for me was uh, was 10.5, and, and now it's up to 12.5 with the, you know, with obviously Tannehill maybe not playing. So it's the, four, the total went from 47 to 46.5. I don't know. I, let's face it. There's a lot of trends that we like to talk about when it comes to the Chiefs. Andy Reid off a bye. He's money, right? Not only with the win, he usually covers. It's just a big number. But I do love the Chiefs in the spot, but I know everybody is going to say that with all these trends that we know. And as much as I love Rabel, I think he's still doing a hell of a job coaching because these metrics suck for the Titans. You ever look at these metrics? Yeah. They are not good. But they keep winning. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just, I think it's Rabel. I mean, he's he comes from he comes from Belichick. He learned the way. And they're winning games that they shouldn't. I mean, uh, net yards per play is a negative 0.7. I don't have a, a stacked rank here, but I would venture to guess that's in the bottom three in the league. And mm-hmm. on the other side, Kansas City is gaining an, a positive 0.7 yards for every play that they run. So... I uh, middle middle of the pack. I mean, they're below Green Bay, but they're just above like teams like New Orleans, the Raiders, the Falcons. I mean, they're they're winning the division. They're five and two. They're probably gonna win the division easily. It defies logic, mm-hmm. honestly. And and look, I like Rabel a lot. I mean, Henry had two hundred and whatever yards, two hundred nineteen yards rushing last week. He'd have to do that again, which we know he can do it. Yeah. But again, with Malik Willis potentially starting. There's no way to get back to Titans, right? I mean, yeah. it's just at Arrowhead. I mean, uh, I mean, Rabel's been playing games all week with this Tannehill and Malik Willis situation. I think he said on Wednesday that he's going to make an announcement later in the week, which uh, caused the market to move a little bit towards Kansas City. And I think right. it's evident. I mean, last week the Titans were able to win the game with Willis throwing ten passes and completing six of them for 55 yards, and it was clear the week before that they didn't really trust Willis because they forced Tannehill back out on the field, and then they obviously realized they could win this game without Tannehill, but what are they going to do against Kansas City? I think they're probably just going to throw in the towel and go yeah. with Willis again and just take the L. Maybe I mean, do you expect that they're really going to just run Henry into the ground in a game that they probably have no chance of winning? I'm not so well, sure. And again, they have a... I mean, how many game lead? They're mm-hmm. a two and a half, 
game lead in the division. So what if they lose? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's really just a, you know, they're not going to be the one seed this year and like last year. So I feel it. So, but do you think everybody in, the, in their mother is going to pick the Chiefs in the contest? No, no. I mean, I, I think historically speaking, these big numbers aren't quite heavily picked. So mm-hmm. 12 and a half is going to scare some traditional sharps away. But I think that the Chiefs are going to line up and just smash them on Sunday night. I, I don't see yeah. how there's any way that the Titans can hang in this game. Even if they do go with Tannehill, he's obviously going to be limited with that high ankle sprain. And I think that could almost right. be worse. Right. Okay. I like it. Highlight it. It's going to be in the mix. We got a lot of team games in the mix. Ooh, green. Going it's going green. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right. So last game's uh, Monday Night Football, the Ravens against the Saints. And again, like a great Monday Night Football matchup. Um, so the Ravens open as a three and a half point favorite on the road at the Saints, uh, 49 point total. Now it's two and a half in the contest, 48 point total. Wow. I mean, I don't know what to say about this one. I, I, in my my numbers, it, it technically the Ravens should be favored. This is a little bit of value. I I don't know. They finally are cut. They they won a couple games. They covered a couple numbers. Great. Mm-hmm. And the Saints stink. But I can't do it after. I'd love to stay away from this game. Yeah, me too. I I think this is like a classic New Orleans Monday night Superdome rocking. And right. I think this lines up for a Saints cover. And you see it in the number, too. I mean, this probably mm-hmm. should be a lot closer to three, but the circuit contest yeah. operators are ticking it down a little bit because they know that there's value on the Saints, too. And I I think it's a good pass because you're right. The the stats say that Baltimore should dominate, but the spot says it's New Orleans. Yeah, Taysom Hill goes for two touchdowns or some fluky play that the Saints defense actually shows up. And, again, think about it. The Saints aren't out. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're only another win or so away from the from yeah you know the Falcons. So it's as bad as they've been. I, it's fascinating. The NFC South is so bad. It really uh, is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's review some of the picks that we we will like here. We got quite a few highlighted. The uh, Jags at home, uh, getting they're getting one and a half points at home against the Raiders. The Falcons getting three and a half points at home against the Chargers. You might be sensing a theme here. The Commanders getting three points at home against the the Vikings. We like these home dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the flip, we like the Bills getting laying twelve and a half on the road of the Jets. The Pats laying five and a half at home against the Colts. Uh, the Seahawks getting two on the road at the Cardinals, and then finally the Chiefs laying twelve and a half against the Titans on Sunday Night Football. So a bit of a theme there at the top, and then you know we've kind of flipped over, but I like it. I like where we're going. Yeah, it's good mix. Home fa- or home underdogs and some our classic heavy favorite we've been on quite a bit this season. Yeah. So we went three and two last week. Action uh, didn't really get us back in the mix because the consensus was right there. But you know we're 21, 18, and one. That's 53, almost 54 percent. And we're kind of yeah, in the middle, top quarter, I guess it would be when you look at overall. So that's fine. We could be better. The top dogs at 80 percent. Them wow. they're dominating. And the top 100 at 66%. So we got some work to do there. Uh, but, you know, we look at it, we're five picks back of the pack from, from the cash. So we can do it. This is the last game of the second quarter, last week of the second quarter. Then we start another four-week quarter and then a final five-week quarter at the end. So we usually do well in that third and fourth quarter better than, than we do early on. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have a ways to go. But I think that we're still right in this thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, any big plans for this weekend? Are you just going to be watching, you know, watching your games? I mean, we actually I did I have to do a shout out to Night Ranger. He's already sent me information on the World Cup. We're going to have to talk about the World Cup. I know you're oh, yeah. Uh, in a couple of weeks, he's already given me a whole breakdown. We might have to get him on. I, nice. We haven't had any guests this season. Maybe we get the Night Ranger on and everybody can see this guy. I mean, Dempsey's a legend. I like it. Yeah, we're definitely talking World Cup. I've, I'm captaining a Calcutta team, big money league here that we have a draft here in a couple of weeks. Well, shoot, I don't even know when the start date is, but I should, <laughs> I should dig into that. But I have a lot of research ahead of me, and I'll be ready yeah. to talk about it. Nice. Yeah, for me, it's just the finals, you know, Shockers finals. We'll oh, see if yeah. we can get a championship. Let's get the, get on our ship there, baby. Come on. Free swingers and, and Shockers. Let's go, baby. Yeah, what are the odds, softball and football championship in the same season? I mean, Come you on. could have probably gotten, boy, plus, I don't know, 2,000 odds going into the seasons. But now we're talking, I mean, it's, we're, we're minus. We're, we're heavy favorites here. I bet you we're two touchdown favorites in this one. Nice. That's a good number. Don't, don't bet against this action. I know you, you, you I see that, that twinkle in your eye. You're thinking about going against the Shocks. You can't I, do it. Baby. I do like dogs, especially ones that run RPO offense. <laughs> Fake. Fake <laughs> every time. Got to give them the ball. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and at Side Action Podcast on, on Instagram. Follow me at Wexpool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Everybody, let's, let's do it again this week. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.